I'm Brian Carpenter, host of Fresh Air at Five, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello and good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Saturday morning, wherever in the world you may be. It may be Saturday morning, it may be Saturday afternoon or well into Sunday, wherever in the world you are. Thank you so much for joining us today on My EdTech Life. And I am excited to be here with you. As always, Saturday mornings are things that I look forward to the most where we can amplify creativity, we can amplify educator voices, we can amplify creator voices, and obviously our mission, our vision, and our passion is to connect everybody one show at a time. And talking about connections, today I have uh, the wonderful privilege of interviewing an amazing guest. I am so excited. We had such a fun time on the pre-chat that could have been just a podcast all on its own, but I am excited about the energy that we will be talking about today. And as you know, ladies and gentlemen, the school year has just started. Many of you are already doing data point assessments and gathering data for state testing and doing all of those things. But my question to you is, how do you allow students to have creativity in the classroom? How do you allow them to have fun and engage them while they're learning? And so today's guest, uh, Eric Thorstensen, will be here with us today. And he's going to share a little bit about his background. And of course, just strawbies as well. We will be talking about strawbies and fungineering in the classroom. And that's something that I love that Eric says, because our students need to have fun while they are learning. So thank you so much for joining us today. Eric, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm great. And even greater to be here and join you in this wonderful, inspirational session. You know, as you said, the pre the pre talk was almost like a podcast in its own. Yes, wonderful. Sir. Yeah. Yes, sir, it was. So, Eric, just for our audience members that are going to be joining us right now or going to be listening to the show later on, Eric, if you can give us a brief introduction as to who you are, your background, and then just kind of let us know a little bit as far as how you kind of made your way into the education space. Yeah, and this is the hardest thing, the brief, because there's so many points that, that made you end up where you are now. So I'm going to pick, let's see, say we end up. But one big thing that I kind of like to to uh, to land in when I talk about my journey is like uh, there's a couple of pivotal moments, and one was pretty early. We moved to London, so I grew up in London when I was like three, between three and six years old, uh, which meant means that I started school earlier than we do in Sweden. So when I came to Swedish school, I thought I was smart. And if you think you're smart, you want to learn things, like you think you can learn, <laughs> that's a self-propelling uh, thing. I mean, that's that's the thing. I think that's something happened there where I thought I was good at learning and that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's like pivotal moment number one for me, uh, <laughs> which can be, it can also be a setback in many ways, but for me, it actually opened up something. Uh, and uh, I've always thought of like the next big thing is like, I learned how to build model airplanes and stuff. And that that just fired up my, my interest in physics and playing and like testing stuff. And that 
will come into play later because that made me like later in life want to build airplanes like large-scale airplanes that's why i actually chose the path towards uh, mechanical engineering because i wanted to build aircraft uh, like but turns out when i started studying like this comes back to the thing when i said i think i knew stuff too much or like like i thought i was good at learning Everybody who studies something really hard uh, will will experience the same moment of okay, I'm I'm the dumbest person in this room, and especially an engineer. That everybody feels if you get slapped in the face from oh okay, all of a sudden the level is super high, uh, and I thought that was also a really good pivotal moment again <laughs> for me in terms of learning. So just to set my 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 background of like who I am and what I did back then. So I turned from aircraft design because I, at that point I figured, oh, calculus is really, really hard. And for uh, aircraft design, that's basically what you need to know. So I pivoted a bit to one of my other interests, which was uh, like designing products and product development. So that's where my, my entire product development course started. And that was a really lucky thing because at my university, once again, we come back to these teachers that can be like this one moment that changes everything mm -hmm. and i had the most crazy wonderful creative goofball uh design teacher and he he's one of those characters that i, I, I like I, I just can't even explain how important that meeting is and those those moments there there are many before that also but then we will talk forever about all these things on on creativity uh uh, or or why I ended up where I ended up and why I do what I do. But th this guy, Kenneth, I'd just like to say his name out loud. He, he, uh, he did one of those, like, he gave me so many of these wow moments or big experiences on on trying to create, trying to actually force creative or practice being lateral, lateral thinking and all those things. And everybody, in, like, it's a really hard thing. As an engineer, you've been, like, before that, we've just jumped to one best practice and then we kind of run with that in a way but he forced us out of that like forced us out tried to generate 15 ideas instead of one good that you're going to do in CAD and so he put us into so we called it the everybody was like uh, cut and paste lessons because we used paper and and started building models we were making models with physical items and and those are those big moments where you kind of came alive, really came alive, making something. Uh, and all of a sudden you can hang up all the learnings onto these like physical artifacts in a way. I, so, I, so that's. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I love everything that you're saying. This is amazing. And I'm sorry to interrupt your thought process, but yeah, I'm getting so excited, Eric, because you just described just one professor that you had that was so inspirational for you. And sometimes that's all it takes. It's the one professor that may take that risk. And like you said, you kind of described him as kind of like, you know, very thinking outside the box, pushing your boundaries. And then, of course, like you said, instead of doing it, finding one solution, why not find multiple solutions? And I think that's something so important to education today. And so you hit on that spot. And I know we'll revisit that, but I'm sorry that I interrupted you because that was such <laughs> an amazing point that we'll definitely hit back on. <laughs> and, and I think that's something that comes back to all of us, like the, these these moments, what opened up something. It's like uh, one of the wonderful things. But, but it, so you see, there's a lot of stuff that happens here. And uh, and uh, 
I was also, what I haven't said, like there's so many things to, to the journey. Like my, we, my dad started a company when I also like just before going to university or like, the, like, or like around 12, when I was 12, which meant we had, I was an entrepreneur, so a little bit less money. <laughs> so, uh, and this is the time of transformers. That's like, so I wanted more transformers and, uh, because, and my mom said like transformers are okay because they kind of build your, um build your spatial skills. So, so she was reinforcing that she's also a teacher. So that's why she kind of, I can back the transformers thing, but we can't afford more transformers. You have to make your own. Uh, so I actually built my own transformer, uh, but it's not, it wasn't a transformer. It was like a fixed weird mashup of, of the, uh, enterprise, uh, the shuttle, uh, or you just know what's, yeah, you know, the, the shuttles, space shuttle. And a convertible car or something. So I put them together and I'm super proud. But that's also one pivotal moment because that was a big first, like first creation. Well, let's jump back to university and post-university. So what happened was like, I was really uh, supposed to to work at one of the Swedish big companies or something. And I, I, I did a lot of extracurricular stuff and I sang and entertained. So I had this weird multi, I was actually practicing this creative side even then. And, and I figured, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to start my own company because there was also like this period of, of not many get like the year I was working at with business relations as a student representative, nobody hired engineers since it was a really weird year, 2000, 2003. So that's why I, well, like, we need to have another exit for our students. So let's say I've vented entrepreneurial programs to start your own company. And then, uh, I'm believing in myself together with my teacher who actually invested in my first, the, the Kenneth I talked about, he also mm-hmm. saw my passion, how I wanted to run with this. So he said like, oh, okay, I can put in a little bit of money. <laughs> so then I started my own first design company just after university, uh, which is weird in many ways, but it was really fun. But it also means that uh, you have to kind of, you know, be very creative within the limit because it's not a lot of money. But that's how I, stuff happened. And, and I had a lot of fun because what I did was sustainable design. So I was like going deep into that. And what sustained me was giving talks about sustainable design, uh, which also would come into uh, to how Strawbis came to be. Um, so I don't know if all these things make sense. I'm may, trying to go in, in kind of a red thread here uh, somehow. But, uh, but what uh, th- these are big moments for me. So that's what, what comes up here is that. And, uh, so I, um, it's, which is a really weird career path for, for an engineer. But what happened was I, I was good at entertaining before that. So I went around just talking about how I believed in the future of like sustainable science, circular economy, how we can make things. And they're like, the more we force ourselves down into the interesting, uh, boundaries or like uh, limiting ourselves, we can be more creative. And we were looking at all these things that I had invented. So I ended up being very like kind of, uh, pub- public in a way I went on Swedish TV talking about this and, uh, and all that stuff. Uh, and this is before like, I don't know how to describe it, but we were developing lots of products that went really well. We made, uh, like uh, newspaper collectors from, uh, old tennis court materials. So we recycled materials and we got a lot of <clears throat> media for that. So we were actually Christmas present of the year in Vanity Fair. This must have been 2009 or 10, but we only sold 500 because they were too cheap. Like 
too low cost to be something that felt exclusive and too high cost to be a good bargain. And then it's like recycled materials. So it's a weird thing, but it was a good story. And that's what we were doing uh, then. But during this time, because I was talking about this, I ended up some kind of whirlwind straight into uh, the science education world. Because I also love my, my love of flight and all that physics. And I've always loved physics, which meant it was super easy to take that in. That my brain was hyper open uh, <laughs> uh, when I was like learning that. And I'm also, when you're so passionate about something, it's easier to also pay it forward uh, or like joining in this whirlwind of, of learning physics. Uh, so, so I ended up in the science education, like science centers and stuff. There's probably the same in, in the U S I'm been to exploratorium and some things like that around Europe. And that's how I slipped into education. As I, as you heard, my, my dad was a product developer. My mom was a teacher. I became kind of weird mix. Uh, and, uh, and I was doing all these experiments, uh, I hosted like huge workshops. We had 1200 kids building the biggest Sierpinski, like a fractal structure, 3D fractal structure uh, in a math lesson here in Gothenburg, which was super awesome because that's one of those hyper wow moments. And there's documentation, unfortunately in Swedish, but if you want to share it later, it's, it's awesome to see because it was huge and it's in Guinness uh, World Book of Records. And that happened at the same time as I invented strawberries. Uh, which will come in because the thing was, I was traveling, showing all these, how to recycle, how material can be worth zero on this side of my tiny little die cutter machine. And on the other side, it's worth like a couple of dollars, but here zero is actually in the way here. It's at least two, two, three dollars of consumer goods. And it's just like this very big experience. But then I wanted to recreate some of these construction experiences. For me, I had access to Lego. I had, we actually hosted the Swedish uh, championships in, in the original RCX brick Lego Mindstorms challenges. Uh, so I've always loved those things, but I realized I also wanted to be able to have more of these things. I also wanted to add something to it, building in three dimensions, truly with lightweight structures. So you could, for example, build the airplanes and gliders. So that that's one limitation. And I also limited myself really, really hard in this innovation process of making my new, like the big slip into education, which strawberries will become, uh, which was everything I designed was from 2D materials, like a flat piece of plastic, for example. Uh, and that's a really hard limitation for building in 3D. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then there's this inspirational moment where I, I, I ended up in, in, in India showing this die cutting machine that could make clothespins. And I also gave them 10,000 clothespins that I made from waste from another project that I had invented. Because I had a couple of successes in consumer goods then, um, which made it possible to finance the strawberries development in a way. Because now I realized that this is where I want to be, like this mix of giving an artifact or making an artifact, Strobis is an artifact, to create these experiences in the classroom together with the teachers, like where you, you have semi-control, which I'll come, in, come into later, because <laughs> that's what it's about. It's about experiencing something together, just like we're experiencing this moment in this podcast now together. Like it needs to be like there's something live, something happening where we don't know exactly the outcome. And we can go through it. So the 2D thing made me, and I saw like this, there's so many moments there in, in 2D, 
but but I wanted to be able to use um, leftover materials like cardboard uh, and, uh, for example, drinking straws that I could find laying around, and I wanted to make the thing 2D. And that's the boundaries that made me create the first little strawberry. And I'm not that smart. This this connector is amazing. So I've been like, from since that came out, I've, I've been playing with it and learning more about it as I go along because the limitations made it so fantastic. So, so I, I mean, that's the weird slippery slope into education. I don't know if it makes that much sense, but uh, then all of a sudden I was traveling around schools and every time I was in there was just, just crazy. We start, we make, we spark moments of where they just want to continue going deeper and deeper into this, building something and how do challenges are like a classroom challenges together, like putting up a goal that might be almost reachable, but at least trying and drawing as much out from that as possible. So basically project-based learning and what. So that's, uh, I don't know. And then obviously strawberries wasn't just inside my head. It was like this iteration back and forth with kids all the time. And the name is uh, actually comes from a nine-year-old kid at Make a Fair in New York. Because uh, then I didn't know what to call it. I just came in on the air, from the airport with a machine over my shoulder, like a guitar. Uh, and I took a, I didn't even have a spot at Maker Fair back then. <laughs> I just had a ticket and I saw an empty table. So I put up my little machine there uh, and put out some straws and made lots of connectors. And then kids just oh, swooped in because it's so visceral, visual and visceral. Like you see that the structures become big really fast uh, and you don't need them. You don't even need to know what to build. It just something appears. And so, uh, so that's, uh, that's, and then I was just asking everybody playing with me uh, or like joining that table, uh, what I should call it. Uh, and uh, then obviously somebody from this make fair, like, I know Dale now after the fact, so, so <laughs> but uh, they, they saw like, this is a great, what station is this? And you, you know, I'm just a visitor. I just found this table and I set up and then like, like you need to have a table because make fair is about making even more makers. So that's, that's the origin of Strobes. And we're just playing around and. This kid comes back on the Sunday because his mom was also like hosting a make fair somewhere up north. I actually have all this, the names and stuff in the Kickstarter video, but, uh, but his name was Chris and, and, uh, but he came back on Sunday and said, you should call it strawberries because it connects straws. It can be anything. And it sounds like strawberries and everybody loves that. And I'm like, uh, I'm just crashing. And those are the wow moments for me, all this like. Because it sparked, he couldn't stop thinking about it. And he'd been thinking. <laughs> so he was a thank you, tiny copywriter. You're part of the story forever. And I sent an infinite kit, which is the machine. And uh, and uh, I, I should actually reconnect to him now. Would be really fun. Maybe next time we can be in the... <laughs> but yeah, maybe so next that, time we can, we can bring him on the show next time. That would, would be awesome to see it. Because now it's gone, it's gone some time since then. That was 2013. Wow. And then we had a Kickstarter. And then, the, so now that's the origin of strawberries and how I got into education. But I really, I'm really passionate about like not teaching, but learning together, like taking on a challenge together with the students. And, 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 and that demands a certain level of confidence. And that's what I want to build. So that's what strawberries is doing now. So kind of segueing into what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, you know what? A couple of things that you hit on that I love, again, it's, it's just your thought process, the way things came about, your experience, not only because you 
you didn't go to school to be an educator, but the fact that you had that influence, not only from that professor, that was great in helping you how to, you know, iteration, iteration and vision, you know, thinking 10X, thinking huge. And then of course you have the education side with your mom, the experience, your dad, the entrepreneur. And so now you're marrying those worlds, but the fact is that you are absolutely just having fun. You, you, are like you said in your in your and that's what I loved. I had never heard that phrase, and I loved when I saw your profile. It says fungineering, and I love it because you're continually thinking of how can I change something like this that, like you said, may seem something that is of no or little value to somebody, and change it to something that can be valuable, whether it's useful in in a day to day or as anything presented something different. You're creating that transformation being innovative all at once. So I absolutely am taken back by your experience, your background, and now how you've been able to bring those worlds together and get into the education space. And that to me is something that's very important because I see your vision as being, like you said, you want to create other makers, but you also want to enhance the learning experience along with the teachers build that confidence. And also, you know, even with building that confidence, there is a little bit of that vulnerability that also for teachers, like it's okay if you don't know this 100%, but I love that you said you're going to be doing it together, tackling this project with your students. And for myself being kind of the same mindset, you know, I would bring things into the classroom such as the Makey Makey kits where the students would create their own circuits. We use scratch coding. We would use uh, spheros, we would use all of those things in the classroom without me knowing how to use it 100%. But I kind of had an idea and I know how I can tie it to the lesson. But I said, okay, this is what we're going to try. We're going to learn it together, but it is going to tie to the learning. And that was just the ultimate goal of allowing students to create, have fun, be able to still learn what they need to learn, but have that hands on approach that makes it very exciting. So now, you know, Strawbies, like I said, I, I've been familiar with Strawbies for a couple of years because I would see the booth at TCEA. So I've been very familiar. And even this last year in February, uh, you know, I did see the booth there as well. And you're absolutely right. You can take these straws and you immediately see the structure going up right before you that is, you know, toppling off at, you know, nine feet, 10 feet with all the connectors and all the fun that you can have. And I can see that being a useful product, a useful instrument, tool, whatever you want to call it, to just bring fun into the classroom and also creating those skills. Like you said, you thought you had the iteration skills, the collaboration skills, the, uh, you know, personalized learning and all of those things. And I love it. Yeah, and, and also like there's so many things here that we're gonna which like I'm just gonna lock into some of the things where the things I wanted to from from my point of view that I wanted to add, which is actually the, the value of all of us building this thing. If if it's too rigid the system, they will become the same. So which it's not a bad thing that like that's why I wanted to add something different, which means like with with strawberries, even though you all follow the instruction to the T. There's micro changes between them, like you can put them in the wrong angle and then it will appear differently. It will. So looking even at some of the most basic constructions that we, we share, we have all these base models that you start with that you can like get, get into. Uh, 
But, but even within that, if you look at the entire classroom, there will be variation and we can draw conclusions from the different structures. And somebody randomly might have built super symmetrical, which is good for certain things. And, and if you make a creature, it's more, it's more natural if it's not symmetric. So there's different things that just pop out and experiencing that and learning together is one of the deep things that I want to happen. Uh, and also learning like, so, so like there's might be a kid that, you know, he, slightly faster he or she the whoop and not really one doesn't care but that adds something to the others and then you have some analytical kids i know ah well, hey that thing you did there the squishy thing that is awesome i'm going to put that into my thing and you get this this progression of ideas within that so for me i would like i would like them to have a couple of hours of these things start with the base model and then they just run away uh into areas that neither the kid or the teacher or the learner or the teacher can uh, even, uh, as you say, uh, imagine, uh, that's the thing. I want that to happen. So, and that's what we're trying to do with all these things. And, and also then I, I also design things biometrically. So the system allows you to build something for you, like wearables, wearable robotics. I didn't talk about the robot part that much, but the robot part also like was just this friends who figured we need a circuit board that's custom for strawberries. And then they did that on their own. And then we merged <laughs> and I love that. That's like that we show that our system invited that, but, but with the robotics that you might've seen, the, there's two things. It's incredibly fast and it's not fast. So you should be finished fast. It's fast. So you can do many iterations instead in a regular classroom setting, but, or if you give it a couple of hours, you'll be amazed at what happens. So um, sometimes, you know, that the system is really fast building and it's also non-sequential, which means you can start from any end, even though we give you step-by-step -step instructions. If you're uh, like confident using strawberries as a teacher, you'll see like, okay, look at this image and recreate it. And they will be able to do it because everything is color-coded. And, and that's another kind of challenge, which is super awesome. So, so I'm, I don't know what, I, like now I got so excited that I lost my track. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's okay. Like what you're but saying you're is follow, just being able to describe yeah. something different because I know you and I talked in the pre-chat and what yeah. you're describing sounds something that is amazing. And I myself personally, if I'm still in the classroom, I would still love to be doing this because again, I can tie it into the curriculum That because the possibilities are endless. And that's what I love that you're saying about, you know, your product, Strawbees, and about the vision that you have that although it, it may seem something that may be rigid as far as follow the instructions and the directions, but at any given time, you can go at any direction and you're going to come up with something that's going to look a little different or a different iteration, or you're going to have some students that are like, wow, like thinking outside the box. And that's what I'm a big proponent of. And like we were talking about in the pre-chat, it seems like our education system has now just come to standardization, standardize, standardize, standardize. It's either the answer is only going to be A, B, C, D, or E, and there are no other answers. And I feel that at a, our students at a very, very young age are losing touch with the creativity that once was in, in the classrooms. Like I was telling you back many, many moons ago when I was in the classroom, I remember still doing grammar and reading and all those things, but there was a lot of time where we were coloring, where we were building, where we were just having fun, hands-on learning. And then all of a sudden, as the years progressed, all of that is just slowly getting out of the classroom. And now it's just standardization. And we know that we have multiple types of learners. So I feel that 
something like you're offering, like Strawbees, and not only invites students to become makers, but it allows those students that think differently and think outside the box. It allows me as a teacher to learn their thought process. And if I as a teacher can learn the thought process of my students, then I know how to better teach them and personalize the learning to meet their needs and their thought process. So that's the thing that I love and that we should definitely be including more into the classrooms. So everything that you're describing, I am absolutely with you on that like 100%. And that's what I love that your vision, I mean, maybe that wasn't exactly your vision 100%, but it became that. And that's what I love. <laughs> that's the thing. It's not only that I'm not, I, I just wanted to add something. And then I'm also learning together with the teachers using this together with us. And that's the thing. We want this to be something. It's a bigger collaborative project than anything. Uh, and it's, it's so that's sort so like I started just putting down that I wanted to put in, like you can actually practice thinking uh, or like uh, thinking is a thing. A process is, is a thing. So this is a process tool rather than building a perfect model. Uh, and, and so, so we, uh, when I did this first, I did a, I did a little whirlwind or like a circle of, uh, because we've been talking about this so much in design, uh, like you, you can do lots of different design processes or, uh, or which I just lost the one now design thinking is a thing to, it's also very interesting and applicable getting that method. But, but for me, it was like, I wanted to put down the, hmm, the, hmm face first you just build something random and then you have hmm, the thinking thing putting a net word to it that's not really even a word so i had the the build or imagine and then play and then hmm and then you go back <laughs> so that's how i started it but then i came to uh, to a media lab and saw the creative learning spiral and that's what resonated so well with me and it's sometimes it's easier than to for other people to take in it's less uh, abstract with that uh, actually looking at this, imagine create play and then share or reflect and sharing thing. I, I'd missed that, but obviously that happens in the classroom because you can see the thing, but to share your thing and to share even the thing, like one of my favorite things with coming back to strawberries and, and all creative tools is like the micro failures that turn into something amazing. Like th that failing can actually lead to innovation if you are in the right mindset. So. So for example, we were supposed to make uh, automatic umbrellas. So I had a challenge, like you need to design an umbrella that opens up when the sky turns dark. Cause that was my like grown up, not so good idea on what it should be a water sensor or something, but I just wanted to have a fun, simple challenge. So use the light sensor, make an umbrella fold up automatically with our, with our robotic system. And the kids were just building these things uh, because the umbrella design they had, they could copy it. And then we had to show them how to put in the motor. And then all the thing they needed to solve was like how to open or like make the motors move. And this was amazing because just different ways of putting it in and using the wrong, like things made really cool things happen. Like if you messed up a bit in your, in your umbrella, uh, one leg might go up a bit further, which means that is actually a cool feature. So in windy days, you can open just the front part and see it, but you're still covering yourself. So, so a, something built wrong becomes a, a winning part. So always go through, if you realize, ah, I did something wrong, before you change the model, observe it, pull as many reflections out of that as possible. And, and then, for example, if something really cool happens, present it to class, because then you get this, these wow moments of the, the peer to peer learning things that I really, really believe in, like when, when 
And, and as a teacher also, you say, wow, this was amazing. Another really cool failure that I'd love to bring up, because and for me, that's the thing, to learn how to fail successfully, like successfully. <laughs> if, if, I don't even know that doesn't make any sense, but for me, it makes sense. Like to fail successfully is to actually pull as much data as you can out of this tiny, whatever failure it is, like this small thing, like, oh, I messed this up. Okay, stretch it. Like just like stress this little system you made. I see if something comes out of it and then fix it. I uh, love that. You know, and, and there's... oh, I'm sorry. I, I just, it's because I got so excited with that point <laughs> because I want to hit on that real quick before we go on, because you, yeah. you, you talked about failure being an important, something that's important when you're building and you're iterating and for yourself, you know, I, and I want to ask you personally, how have your failures become stepping stones to success? What are some things that you have learned from failing? And then of course, not only just within the product, you know, and the things that you do, but just overall, you know, what is your vision of failure and how can it be that positive thing that you see? So, so from my, <laughs> I, the thing is I'm incredibly a, a really fast failure. And I think that's a good way. <laughs> I fail fast, which means I reach, reach a successful thing faster because this doesn't really phase me that much. I'm like, okay. It's actually the worst thing is when you're too observed and then accidentally fail. Uh, that's not so good. And now I think my, my wife has let my daughter come in here. So my, maybe we'll get Oh, it's the... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Maybe she can come in and say hi. Yeah, you want to come say hi? Will you come in and say hey, Aida? So, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, she can come in and say hi. It's, no worries. Come, come in. Come in later. Can you say hi? Can you say hey? So here's my four-year-old daughter who's been part hi. of building this little playhouse. Mina vänner. So pappa ska prata nu. Kan du gå till mamma? So. Wow. That's super. So that's my little daughter. My I love it. Love it. Oh, and by the way, I just wanted to add just for our audience members, Eric is actually in the playhouse, you know, so he's in his kid's playhouse right now. So again, it, this is just shows you the personality that Eric has and he is all about fun and fungineering. So I love this setup. But Eric, going back to what you were saying, as far as being a fast failure, but getting to success faster. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I really believe in the art of prototyping uh, to actually test something, test an idea, implement it faster. Uh, and don't be too afraid of not the, the prototype not being, uh, of being like, great. That's the thing. Be, be more afraid of thinking too long before you implement. So because we need to add that, we want to add something because it's great to have a plan and then implementation. I don't want to take that away, but... It's also practicing the art of making a prototype to describe an idea. Uh, and if you do that slightly like a fast prototype first, don't spend too much time, like just to, ex to explore the problem is one of the greatest things. And I think I've, like since 2009, 2010, I think that's what I've been practicing. So if I'm doing it on my own, I'm incredibly fast. So that's why all of a sudden it looks like I made this amazing thing. Uh, when I made make a new model, but it's just because nobody sees that other process of these really bad models, and that's the thing. So, but then 
also when you're a designer, to, as a designer, you're also like scrutinizing your own way of drawing. So you, you can't, you lock up when people are looking at you drawing on your paper. But that's something I'm practicing all the time now to show my not so good drawings and to draw in front of friends because that also gives an opportunity for misinterpretation that can lead to innovation because then we're accessing our different brains. Uh, like, so you see something that's smarter than what I drew or like that's, that you add something to this process. Uh, which is also one of the things I really believe in, in in terms of strawberries. So, so when we challenge the kids to make something that moves forward, for example, the the more open, what like you can't do all these really open white projects, uh, like a um, white paper, like uh, completely open things, the first in the beginning. But after a while, if you do this in the class, you will see that they get the agency. You could just give them any challenge. We're going to make something that opens a window or whatever. And you'll see. You can just give them super open challenges, give them a cardboard box and some linkages and they can figure something out. And there will be 30 different solutions from the 30 different students. And that is my dream scenario. And then in the beginning, like, oh, this doesn't really work. But then they see oh, they, somebody there made a solution like this. Oh, that's, I'm going to copy that. And then you can see this map of evolution of linkages and solutions uh, and they get really fluent in it. And I think that's what I've done myself. That's where I, I'm not faced by that failure and I, I see that every time I do something that's not good, there's almost always something great to take out of that and put in another context. So failure is actually more contextual than, than like, if you, if you are in an interesting subject, but it's more contextual than it's actually a, a, a true or false thing where if you take the umbrella that I was talking about when I lost track there before, one of the nicest failures talking about this context of failure is that, so one student, my, my definition was like, when it's dark up, uh, the umbrella should fold up because the dark sky is right. Like, so yeah. sunny, you know, it's not a really good, <laughs> but it's a cool, it's an okay, just first statement. So this is the system you're designing for, but then some students mixed up those two variables, like, so when it's dark, it uh, opens up or closes instead. Uh, and when it's bright, it opens up. There's a couple of cool solutions here that when you observe this system, so that's why I was, for me, because this was one of my, I was guiding this workshop when we were testing it with teachers, uh, together with teachers and students. So they showed this one that went the wrong way. And then immediately, this is the perfect example of, this is only a contextual thing. Because if, if the thing is, if it turns bright, it opens up. And then when it's dark, it goes down. What is that? That's a parasol, automatic. So we can just change the name. Instead of an umbrella, it's a parasol. That works perfectly. But then, next step, if you try their model, it works much better. Because basically, when you have your, the umbrella facing upwards, when you need it, it's always brighter upwards. <laughs> Unless you're walking on a light up street, which is very rare. And when you're holding your umbrella down towards the ground, it's, it's darker. So then it folded up. So they actually invented one that worked. Uh, whereas the original idea were, you know, that I had, like dark sky, doesn't make sense. So their umbrella, which was a failure, was actually the biggest success. Like micro failure, I would say that. Because for me, uh, with our experience and in, in with within classroom, we want them to be able to experience these things because it's, you give, there's much more opportunity for learning when you have these models that don't work uh, and for whatever reason it is, than if you just build it and it works because then you don't know why it works. 
So if you can see these steps and start analyzing, oh, okay, oh, I've mixed that up and this one can't even move there. Those are the big things um, for me. But, and they have to be fast to fix. And that's what's the best thing about this entire thing. You can fix each uh, every model we have within the last three minutes. So you don't have to have those hard failures of picking it apart for 20 minutes and then put it together for 45 again. Uh, it's just like, oh, oh, it's only this one that's twisted. And uh, so together with, with the other students that might have succeeded earlier, you can kind of go through this together. And it's, it's one of my favorite moments. And, yeah. the, and the classroom will be more fluent in this the more you exercises you do. And I'm designing so many fun things right now. I'm having a little bit, right now I'm designing the next years, like all these experiences that I want to share. And together with a lot of teachers around the world. I love it. I love way, it. It's so much fun. And it's, for me, it's very important to have fun because then you open up the mind and you want to learn this kind of hard things. This is hard. To fail is hard. Like it can be really detrimental. But now when we show a couple of these examples, that's not just, it's not just saying failing is okay. You just show it. Failing can even be a, a, an amazing innovator. Uh, and there's examples of that. But I also, for example, when you build bridges, I want them to fail. I want to see that the entire system, which is the, the weak straws, shows how the forces are applied. So you don't even have to tell them what's happening. You see it and you intrinsically start building this, this, uh, kind of vision in internal or, or gut feeling of engineering, because it's like building in the, in the forest, right? Like I did when I was a kid that I didn't go into, it was very important, like sticks and their flexibility and well, okay, a shorter stick is way stronger. Okay. So I needed, you know, those experiences, are what I want to recreate in strawberries, uh, and, and, and I'm yeah, really happened where we are right now. <laughs> oh, but see, I, I love that you're saying. And and one thing that I wanted to add as far as the failure piece, I mean, there was one time when I got asked, it's like, what, you know, share a moment when you and a team failed. And I didn't know what that was. And not because I've never failed, but I don't see failure as a failure as like, oh, I'm done. And this didn't work out the way it was. There's always success and failure, but I think some people have a vision of failure that it's like, oh, it didn't work and that's it and so on. But I love everything that you're saying that even in those little micro failures, those little missteps, there has been so much success in those things and innovation because like you said, what was once supposed to be an umbrella, now it's a parasol. So there was a success there. It's all in the context and in the way that you 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 create it and spin it. So I love that, Eric. And I think one of the things that I am taking from you today that has really filled my 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 I guess my bucket, you'd say, with joy is the fact your enthusiasm for creation, your enthusiasm for creating something that is tangible, that can allow students to think outside the box help teachers also continue to bring those skills to the students as far as iteration and thinking big and having that 10x and design thinking. And I absolutely love that. So I, you know, thank you so much for what it is that you do for our educators <laughs> and our students, you know, through your product, because this is what we need more of. We need our students to become critical thinkers and collaborators and, you know, building those skills that they're going to need for the future of work. Yeah, like that thing, that's the big thing. Getting these wow moments and building the power of observation and confidence in observation, like daring to look at this and then, okay, and then you go back fixing it. Because those are the biggest, like, you can, you, can, you can see that happen in the classroom. You see the energy change in the classroom. All of a sudden, all this is worth something. And it's so amazing 
um, yeah. So I don't know if it made sense. Uh, yes. Like I'm having Absolutely. too much fun talking with you. So. Absolutely. All right. So now that we're getting ready to wrap up the show, I always like to ask our guests the following three questions, Eric. So before we do that, um, you know, I just w- I will give you some time to share you know, um, your contact info and share where they can follow you and uh, learn more about Strawbies. Um, so if you're tuning in, make sure that you stick around till the end as Eric will share how to get in contact with him. But Eric, let's wrap up here with the following three questions. And question number one is in the current state of education, what would you say is your edu kryptonite? What is it that brings you, makes you weak? Like Superman and his kryptonite, the kryptonite made him weak. What is it right now that you may be seeing that kind of make makes you weak, you know? Well, it is, it is the stress that you don't get the time to, to fail for stuff. For me, that's, if you stress too much, like you have to go through this, this fast and then there's no room for that. That would stop even me. Like if you, and even that thing, like if you're just testing where you know the answer and you're just testing me on the answer, I will freeze up because it's a different thing than asking a question and we try to answer it together so we can learn together to show the students, for example, how I learn is passing on something much, much more profound than like just testing. Uh, so for me, it's like that stress thing in combination with getting both. But then I, once I get confident, like in the classroom, if we have a nice uh, setting, that would be okay. But for example, now, if you'd ask me an advanced engineering question, I would, <clears throat> that you know the answer of, I could freeze up. That's the kryptonite for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> even though I, I know when I, I can implement that I can do all these things, but then I can get, I start second guessing myself and you get into this negative loop instead. So that's yeah. what I want to build these positive loops together in like learning and having fun together. Excellent. Love it. That's a great answer. All right. Hi. Question number two, Eric. All right. If you could have a billboard with anything on it that people drive by each and every day, what would you put on that billboard and why? So I was thinking about this one, but so well, I really, it's so hard, but I, you want to pay something, you just want people to have more fun. So that's the, the thing that I'm about, not only in fun engineer, but all over the place. So something to add that, uh, I just wanted to have, have more fun together and then maybe have a little footnote like the asterisk and then have them actually curious about what the fine print is, even though it's not good in the car always, but you know, I want them to become curious and then some, you know, you could have the tagline like strawberries is a way of having fun together and learning at the same time. And to learn is to come alive. So you have this secret source somewhere underneath. Oh, But that, yeah. So I kind of, you know, that we've talked about, I want to just spark curiosity. And then all of a sudden you can't stop the students from learning. Like, that's the thing. We just create these moments over and over again, uh, where they're just hunting f- further. <laughs> I love that. I, mean, I love that. Well, maybe you know, but, in this case, we could have maybe just multiple signs. So the first one would be like, have fun together. And then the next one would be like, do you want to know how? And then the next sign, you know, then you can go ahead and yeah, you that. Can be a sequence. You know, and, yeah. and it could be a sequence. I can definitely see that, you know, here in Texas, sometimes uh, as we're driving down, you know, you'll see a sequence and it's really eye catching because as you're driving, you can kind of see the message. Yeah. So I can definitely see that happening there. I love that. <laughs> but just as long as it sparks some joy, that's yes. get into it. Uh, we need to have more fun because that also makes us more we're more solution oriented because that's the thing, playing with that an idea or a, or a solution. Uh, 
it could be problem solving, but it could also be just, okay, I need to remember that I should have fun with my kids or with my friends or whoever. So have more fun together. You can have fun on your own too, but I'd like the together thing. I love that. <laughs> All right, Eric, here's the last question. Let's say, Eric, this was the Fungineering podcast with Eric as the host. All right. And you're the host. I am your guest today. What would be one question you'd like to ask me? So that's actually the thing. I would love to hear what's your biggest wow moment or learning experience. Like from your, like it could be recent. It could also like what you remember. What is, what is one of those moments that you remember when learning was just like, because there are some in, in my life, but do you yeah. like, that's the question I would love to ask. And it can be anytime. Like, yeah. I, I think for me, the biggest wow moment was when I moved from teaching high school to teaching elementary and when I came to elementary, I had more time with my students because I taught uh, math and I taught science. And so the wow moment occurred was when I learned how to implement Chromebooks. And at the time, we had like little mini like computers. They weren't really, they're kind of like Chromebooks, maybe not really. And we started just kind of using them, having the students work with that. And then when we, I started learning more about coding, like at least through scratch coding and bringing that into the classroom, that one was one of my biggest wow moments, not only for myself professionally, but for my kiddos in the learning process, because going back to that vulnerability piece and not knowing everything and being okay with it, you know, I, I learned from my students, but to see, allow them to create and the things that they were creating through the coding process really blew my mind at such a young age and so early into like scratch coding. I was just wow, because I was able to learn from them. And I think for myself, that was the realization and the moment that I said, you know what, I know that I don't know everything, but I've got 27 experts in my classroom, you know, and maybe not necessarily experts, but they're experts in the learning process that we are learning together. And for me, that was the wow moment when I knew that I can learn more from my kids that I could, and I could just simply guide them. And just, that's it. I love that. And from that moment on, my, my view on education and my career professionally changed for the better. So that's what I love the most. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just it, it just resonates. <laughs> but that's the thing that that's, oh, so, uh, that's, that's where you, it's, that's one of those moments when you come alive and you, you also show them from, because that builds your confidence in recreating these moments. Like, let's take on another task where we can go on this journey together again, because you, you build your confidence in learning something new and it's okay when things get stuck here and there, you know, and then students will unlock because they're also sharing this experience. It's not you testing them only. So, uh, yeah, but I'm, uh, I'm lo loving this too much. <laughs> I love it too, Eric. Thank you so much for joining me this morning from your playhouse. It has been amazing. I loved your pre-chat. I love this whole chat. I love your thought process. I love your thinking. I love what you're trying to do and how what you're doing through Strawbees and all the other products that you're creating and, and being able to bring that into the classroom, what it does for students, what it can do for teachers, which is really bringing the fun back into education while still learning very important skills, but 
it's that hands-on approach. So thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate you. And before we wrap up, Eric, can you let our audience members know how they can get in contact or learn more about Strawbees or how they can go ahead and contact you directly? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, well, I'm Eric at strawbees.com and uh, you can find about more about Strawbees on www.strawbees.com. Uh, but then I also like, I'm such a bad Twitter, but I'm going to start now and I'm going to start more of my social because I have so many moments that I want to share. And they're all, not only locked into strawberries, like this playhouse is going to be an article because there's so there's like 40 science experiments in here. So I really want people to be able to join me. And I think my Twitter handle is like inventor, Eric, but we could <laughs> Eric inventor. That's the thing you need. You see, it's not yeah. good. It's my social... It's Eric Inventor on Twitter, yeah. and I'll go ahead and share that here in the chat also. That way you can go ahead and follow Eric, and it'll be in the notes, too, for the show. <laughs> can I do one last fun demo for you guys? Yeah, so sound, of course. It's a sound demo, so it's one of the co-created things we've done together with my little daughter, Aira, that you might, that just some of you saw, if you see the, the podcast, you, you can still see her. But this is actually good for audio, too, so... I'm going to put this marble. I love marble runs. Like, that's the thing. Physics buffs. So we made a modular marble run on the playhouse. But it starts on the inside. So it's stuff moving. And it's an audio experience. It's not... <laughs> so so we've been, like, recreating it. Somebody's in here. You test it. So it's back in here now, the marble again. And you're, ah. like... Trying to say, guess how it's built because it's fully modular. But anyway, and obviously Straub is compatible because it's all quarter inch dowels and stuff. <laughs> that is amazing, <laughs> but I, Eric. I just wanted to end on on that animation note. And like, it's a collaborative project between like with my kids. They're too young sometimes. And with my wife who's painted this. So I just wanted to share some of the fun, have more fun together, Thanks. whatever context it is. I love it. I love it. And thank you so much for that message, which is important. It's just have more fun and have more fun together. Well, Eric, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you here on the show. And again, as a guest now on the show, anytime that you would like to come back and continue to share a little bit more of the Strawbees magic, the Eric the Inventor magic, whatever it is that you may be working on, you are always welcome back here on this platform to go ahead and share anything that you may be working on. So thank you so much. And for all our audience members that joined us today, thank you so much. Mel, I appreciate you, Mel, joining us from Colombia and everybody else that's going to be watching the show uh, on the replay or listening to the show on the podcast. Thank you so much, as always, from the bottom of my heart for making my EdTech life what it is today. Because again, we do what we do for you and we try and find amazing educators, creators, innovators, so that way we can go ahead and connect one show at a time. Please make sure that you visit our website at myedtech.live, myedtech.live. Check out this show and check out all our previous shows. And also please make sure you drop us a line, give us a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also visit our merch store where you can get some great My Tech Life merch to continue to be part and contribute to this mission of connecting educators one show at a time. So thank you so much as always. And don't forget, my friends, like I always say, stay techie. Y'all take care. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.